Today's message is entitled, Jesus Wants Us to Hear. And uh, we're going to be walking through quite a bit of Mark chapter 4. And there's about four parables in this particular chapter. There's one that probably gets the most attention. It's the parable of the sower, or maybe you've heard of the parable of the seed, or parable of the soil. And uh, we'll walk through that here in a moment. But um, there's a, a variety of responses to this. There's even a couple different interpretations that uh, people have of this particular passage. So we're going to walk through that today and then just uh, respond to that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, how do you want me to respond to today's message? I want us all asking that question as we walk through the Scriptures today. So before we begin, I want to pray over our time here in the Word and also over our children's ministry as they're meeting right now, uh, receiving the Word themselves. So would you pray with me before we begin? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together in your word. You speak through your word, and I pray that our hearts would be ready to hear with attentiveness and dialing in what it is that you want to say to us today and then responding to that, not just letting it go in one ear and then out the other, but Lord, that your word would truly take root into our hearts and lives. We pray the same for those children that are currently being taught the Word of God as those seeds are being planted. I pray that that would be great soil in each of those kids' lives, that it would be a powerful ministry taking place in our children's ministry today. We lift this time to you. We ask for your blessing and your anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, there's also a Bible in the pew or your phone. You can flip there as well, and we'll walk through this here starting in verse 1. The Bible says that once again Jesus began teaching by the lake shore, and a very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat, and then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. Kind of a neat setting. You think of the amphitheater style teaching. Have you ever been on a lake where you can hear things like from all the way across the lake because of how it bounces across the water? So Jesus is in this boat. He's preaching towards the crowd on the shore and he's got their attention and he's able to speak to them. The Bible says in verse 2 that he taught them uh, by telling many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came, and they ate it. Another seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots... It died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. And still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted and they grew and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. And then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen And understand. Now, verse 10, it says, Later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and with others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. 
And he replied, You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Verse 13, Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. And the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. And the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or they're persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to the light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer that you listen, the more understanding you'll be given, and you'll receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. And Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. And day and night while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and it grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crop on its own. And first a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. And Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants, and it grows long branches, and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables, but afterward, when he was alone with his disciples... He explained everything to them. It's a lot of scripture there, but you'll see how this all kind of flows together as we begin to unpack this. The first thing I want to point out, guys, is the understanding what is a parable. Okay, if you know what parallel means, you've got two lines and they're next to each other, but they never touch, that type of thing. 
but you think parallel, they're coming next to each other. So a parable is you have a spiritual truth, and then you bring a story or an illustration or an analogy alongside it to make a comparison. And Jesus taught with parables. So he brings in these stories or these illustrations or these analogies to help bring forth a spiritual truth. And if you can think of some of the good teachers you've had in your life or people that have taught you, oftentimes they're people that, that can bring forward stories or illustrations or analogies to prove a point. But part of what Jesus was doing here is he was actually starting to kind of separate people that he was ministering to. Separating them from the people that really wanted to lean in and hear from him and people that really didn't care what he had to say. And to a certain degree for them, these were more like riddles for they didn't really understand what Jesus was talking about and they never got the explanation like the disciples did. So this very first portion of this, Mark 4 verses 1 through 20, Jesus gives what's called the parable of the sower or the seed or the soil. And there's a couple different views on what he might actually be talking about. And one of the first one is, is that God is the sower and the seed is the gospel. It's Jesus Christ. And as the seed is brought out onto the soil, the soil is the condition of all of our hearts. And some even, when they interpret it in this manner, say there's actually six soils, not four. The first soil being the path. And we see as the gospel comes into somebody's life, it just bounces off their hard heart. They don't want anything to do with the gospel, and Satan comes and takes that seed away, just like the birds take the seed off the path. And then there's some who embrace the gospel with joy, but they've never really truly received Christ in their life. They embrace Him with joy, but then when troubles come along, they fall away. There wasn't truly a salvation experience in their life. Another soil, the thorns, and I think this is probably one of the most popular soils in our culture, is the cares and the concerns of life. The desire for other things come in and they choke out that seed. And so the seed is given to somebody. They hear it, but it never fully advances because there's all these different distractions going on in the world around them. And it keeps the gospel from advancing in that person's life. And that final soil, the good soil, can actually be split into three. And this is the soil that begins to produce fruit in their life. The first soil producing a fruit of 30 times of what was planted. The next soil, producing 60 times. And then that last soil, producing 100 times. And so as the gospel comes into your life, each of us begin to serve God, and He produces fruit in us, some more than others, based on the harvest that you see in this parable. So that's one interpretation of the parable of the sower. Another one is that it's the general ministry of God's Word. And so that it could be, as a believer, you could, you could experience any of those soils in any area of your life. Maybe, maybe God's got a certain area for you that you're just very responsive, like, Lord, use this, do this, I'm yours. And then there's this other area over here where we're like the path. And we're like, no, Lord, don't touch that. Okay, so you can see the different variations of the interpretation here. 
Whether it's the gospel and salvation happening in our life or just a general response to the ministry of God's Word. Which means that we can experience all of those soils whether we're a believer or not. The other thing we need to recognize with this particular passage is some people actually teach that you are the sower. And that God's Word is the seed, whether that's the gospel message or any kind of ministry of the Word that we scatter and it lands on these different soils. And the soils is the heart of the people around you. And so you're the sower and the people you minister to are the soil. And so we cast that seed out onto the ground And some people, it'll bounce right off of them. They don't want anything to do with it. And some people, they might receive it with joy, but then when difficulties come, they just completely fall away from that. Or maybe there's all kinds of distractions in their life. It's like the thorns. Or perhaps you can minister to people, and you see all kinds of fruit coming from that. But at the end of the day, you're scattering the seed, and it falls on all these different places. And what's interesting is these next three parables... There's a connection to the fact that you are the one who's the sower. And so the next parable is actually the parable of the lamp. And Jesus says, do you light a lamp and then do you hide it? You light a lamp and you set it out on a stand for all to see. And so when we receive Jesus Christ into our life, the light of the world comes into you and you begin to shine the light and the love of Jesus to those around you. And Jesus is saying, I want you to be this light We live in a very dark world, and it's really bright in here. You think of all these lights coming together. Have you ever seen somebody take a whole bunch of matches and then light it, and then like, wow, it's so bright you can't even like look at it? I mean, to some degree, that's like church. We come together, we gather, and all these lights that are burning come together, but then we walk out, we go out into the highways and the byways of life where there's all this darkness. And Christ says, don't hide this light. I want you to be the light. And that light being Christ shining through you. So a couple questions I have with that is, how bright do we shine? You know, as followers of Jesus, are we letting his light shine through us? And do people know that you're a follower of Jesus? If I said, uh, you know, Connie Samuelson, Do you know her? Yeah. Boy, Jesus is in her, isn't she? Or isn't he? I mean, what do people say about us in the community? Is Jesus a part of that conversation? Is that light shining through us? Let's think about these things. We are to let our light shine based off of what Jesus is trying to say with that parable. The next parable, the parable of the growing seed. This is kind of interesting because... Here again, as farmers, we're out scattering seed. And then what's crazy is growth starts taking place and it says the farmer doesn't even understand how it's all working. Now, I don't know if you guys have the Holy Spirit all figured out and the grace of God all figured out, but I just feel like there's times you scatter that seed and people just grow like crazy. And you're like, whoa, look at what God is doing in their life. And let me just say that again. Look at what God is is doing in their life. There's a grace of growth that God does. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us that some people plant 
the Word of God. Some people water the Word of God. But God is the one who does the growing. And you think about your own life and where you were when you got saved and redeemed and where you are today and and how the ministry of the Holy Spirit has brought you all of this way. And you just say, thank you, Lord, for the grace that's in my life. I don't fully understand it. I mean, I was thinking of this when I was here and we were in worship and I'm thinking, I'm about to deliver God's word from this pulpit. I just think, in my life, to be worthy of preaching God's word to a bunch of people, I am just so thankful for the grace of God. I can't fully describe it, but he's at work. He, he grows us and there's something that's just unexplainable in all of that. There's a grace of growth in the parable of the growing seed. And the last thing is Jesus is comparing the kingdom of God to this tiny mustard seed. Now, that's not the smallest seed of every kind of seed there is, but it was the smallest seed that would have been used in Israeli agriculture. So he says it's the smallest of all the seeds, but when you plant that, this tree grows up and the birds can come and they can nest in this tree. Jesus is talking about the influence of the kingdom of God This movement that starts so small with this one man who claims to be the Messiah and he's got his followers with him. And then this church begins. And then you see this movement and now you see how massive the kingdom of God is. And I think the same thing could be said for all of us. Something happens in each of us individually and as we respond to God and we're used by God, you have that harvest, the 30, the 60, or the 100 times. But what started was that small seed. In the kingdom of God, it might start small, but it's a huge deal. And it goes out from us, and it continues to expand. What's interesting in this particular passage is, is I, the main idea is Jesus wants us to hear. Okay, And in the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils, all four of those soils actually hear. All four of them, Jesus mentioned that they hear it. But only one accepts it. And I just think when I'm up here preaching or I'm teaching or I'm out ministering to people through the week and you're out ministering to people through the week, you you scatter that seed. And there's people that hear it, and then there's people that truly accept it. And I can't force somebody to be good soil. We recognize that that's a work of the Holy Spirit. But we're faithful to scatter the seed. And as we lean in, Folks, there's a grace that takes place where we gain more and more understanding of who God is. And he continues to just blow us away. There is so much to discover of God. It's just never-ending. And the more and more you lean in, the more and more understanding you get, and I'll call it the more effect. But you see that taking place here in Mark 4 and verse 10. When he gives that parable, it says later when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples, they all gather around and they want to know more. What does that mean? The disciples ask 
for more. And then Jesus also says to them in response to that, he goes, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand the rest? So if your soil is not good, you're not going to be given more. If you don't get this right, you're not going to understand everything else. So good soil opens you up to more understanding of what God wants to do. And then the verse for memorization this past week. Carefully consider what you hear, Jesus continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. So in other words, the more I try to tune in to God and what He's wanting to say into my life, the more and more He's just going to pour into you. But the same could be true as if I just choose to tune Him out. He says, even what little you have will be taken away. Jesus wants us to hear. The more effect continues, the very next verse... Verse 25, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And I think of this, when I was not a follower of Christ and I wasn't engaging or leaning in, you open up God's word and you're like, man, like what does this even mean? Like this doesn't even make sense. And it's confusing. And so therefore it's not really engaging for me. And I, but then you get saved and the Bible says that now you're given a spirit of understanding that illuminates the Scriptures. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And now the inspired Word of God that's inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit lives in you, and all of a sudden, this thing comes alive. Can anybody relate to that truth? It didn't quite make sense, but when you got saved, it's like you were reading this thing for the very first time. And that's the Holy Spirit illuminating the Word of God in your life. The more effect. And then at the very end of this passage, in verse 34, Jesus says, you know, it says that he, in his public ministry he taught with parables. But then afterwards when he was alone with his disciples, what did he do? He explained more to them. And I just think these are guys who left everything to follow Jesus. And they got more. And you think of the things that, that we gain as we follow Christ. He gives us more and more understanding, more and more instruction, more and more how to live our life, and more and more how to be effective in the kingdom. So in closing here today, here's our response. Two responses. The first is, let's all take a soil sample. If there's any farmers right now, I want you to lean in extra special here. I called a farmer this week to help me put this response together. We take a soil sample. What's the condition of my heart? Path, rocky, thorns, or good soil? And just ask the Spirit, where am I at in this? And if I'm not good soil, why? Help me to be good soil. Do that unexplainable work in my heart that produces fruit. Ten times in Mark chapter 4, the Greek word for listen is used. And it's used with this exclamation point. It's an imperative. Listen. 
So we need to hear, but it's greater than hearing. There's an accepting of God's word. And I heard also this week, there's also something called hyperhearing. Like we are attentive, and part of hyperhearing is obedience to God. Jesus wants us to hear. And the next thing is your seed population. So as farmers go out and they plant that seed, they can figure out how many seeds per acre were planted. And so let's just take some inventory. As I walk out of this building and I go out into the communities, what's my seed population? How many seeds am I planting in the acres that I'm in through the week? What's interesting is Israeli farmers, it's like they'd have a bag of seed and they would just liberally throw that out there and all four of these soils could be in one general area. So they'd actually plant the seed first. They'd just toss it out and then they'd come back and work up the ground. And eventually that ground would be shown to what kind of soil, whether it was the path, the rocks, the thorns, or the good soil. And so you just get this picture of just like, we're just going to throw it out there. We're going to minister to people. We're just going to let it happen and let the Holy Spirit sort out the soil. And I just think the way our farmers roll these days, we've got these nice and neat rows and seed spacing and all of this. And, and, and we go along and we make our, our, uh, our planting season roll. And, and then you think, in the gospel message and ministering to people, Sometimes people feel like we got to have it all like packaged and nice and neat and in rows and then we can minister to people. And I think, let's think like these Israeli farmers. You just literally minister God's word to people and let God do what he does best in the hearts of people. We're going to sing a song of response here in a moment. I want to invite the worship team to come back up but to do this kind of ministry of planting the Word of God into people's lives, we need to recognize that it's not me who does this. It's a work of the Holy Spirit, and it's Christ's work in my life and through the ministry to other people. It's not I, but it's Christ through me where we can do effective ministry. So take a soil sample. And let's look at what our seed population is. Are we actually doing ministry as we go out from this place? Because God wants to do things through you into the hearts and lives of the people around you. So would you please pray with me as we close this message? Father, I thank you for this time together in your word. You desire that we hear. So Lord, I pray you'd open the ear of our heart and you would speak powerfully. And I pray that your Holy Spirit is working right now in the soil of our hearts, working up that ground so that we're responsive to you. And I pray we'd be people who are actively engaged in your kingdom work. There's ministry to be done help us not to sit passively by with a whole seed bag that doesn't even get used. 
Help us, Lord, to be faithful in being sowers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we evaluate the own soil of our heart, if there's someone listening right now that you would question whether or not your heart is good soil, and you wonder, am I actually saved? And perhaps the Holy Spirit is doing a work in you right now causing you to look to Jesus Christ for salvation. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God and that sin separates us from God. But that you, God, demonstrate your love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died so that we could be set free all those who receive this gift of salvation. They bring you into their lives and they receive eternal life. If there's someone right now that desires to receive Jesus and His forgiveness, I want to invite you to pray with me in your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you. And I desire your forgiveness. So please forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me and make me new. Change my heart. And may this gift of salvation be very real. And I pray that you would produce a harvest in me from this day forward. May there be fruit in my life. Thank you for this gift of salvation. Yet not I, but Christ in me. In Jesus' name we pray.